and thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mount Sinai Health Partners podcast. I'm Rob Fields, Senior Vice President and CMO for Pop Health here at Mount Sinai. And I have the pleasure of being joined by Dunita Jankowska. Uh, if I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name close to right. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Jankowska is a primary care physician here uh, in New York City. And as most of you heard from previous episodes, we're trying to feature uh, a few of our episodes talking with frontline providers, trying to understand their daily struggles. And as we're trying to um, educate and embrace primary uh, population health and primary care, it's important to talk to our providers. So I appreciate you joining us, Dr. Jankowska. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Fields. Absolutely. Um, So if you don't mind telling us a little bit about what brought you to medicine and what brought you to medicine in New York in particular, it's a crazy place to do (laughs) CCC patients. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, you know, I grew up most of my life in New York City, so I've been pretty much accustomed uh, to its, you know, great diversity, right? uh, all the ethnicity and uh, population um, and diversity in particular. But, you know, what brought me into medicine basically I would have to go back to, you know, being a young girl and uh, always wanting to either pursue in, uh, you know, taking care of animals or helping people taking care of them. And, you know, eventually I think it's uh, about different life circumstances and situations that influence the paths that we take. And I think one of these major circumstances was actually my father undergoing open heart surgery Mm. when I was about 11 years old. I think the biggest... thing that you know stayed with me was the fear of the unknown not knowing what would happen you know whether my father's going to be doing well whether he's going to be with me you know for you know many more years in order to watch me grow up right and you know that's when something that you know had uh, really brought out uh, an impact uh, where i remember till this day his cardiologist making that influence and giving us our family you know mm-hmm. my mom my brother myself uh, that support that understanding uh, you know talking to us uh, showing that compassion giving us that comfort and knowing what was going to happen i think that was the biggest thing that stuck with me and that is something that i always felt i want to be able to you know give back to my patients one day to be able yeah. to care for them and make them feel that comfort i think that is uh, in essence what uh, also brought me into primary care. Primary care physicians, you know, we all focus on, you know, whether it's primary care or whether it's uh, your family medicine, it all comes down to being the essence uh, core Mm -hmm. for that patient. So, you know, a lot of times patients will come to you uh, in order to feel that comfort, be able to address their not only medical needs, but sometimes even personal issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you play such a big role in their life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's bring so much satisfaction, I think, to the work that we do, uh, you know, so you kind of forget about certain challenges. And at the end of the day, despite, <laughs> you know, having to do a lot of paperwork, you know, going through, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, problems and uh, this or that. But at the end of the day, you really see, you know, what I, I made a difference, you know, made that patient feel better, made them smile and made them, you know, come out of, uh, you know, a certain condition that they may have been facing uh, that right. makes that influence. So. So reflecting now on your 11-year-old self and and what in what you go through every day now both positive and negative is it what you thought it would be Obviously it's you know it's a much different <laughs> world you know when you're looking at this now from the adult perspective you're in it uh, but you know I think that that innocence that that essence is still there absolutely so, you know, you, you build towards it. Uh, you really look at the reality because obviously being in primary care, you face a lot of different challenges, especially, you know, 
like myself coming out of residency, I think uh, setting up your practice, uh, you know, you really, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, going back to that uh, and elaborating a little bit on that, uh, that was a big challenge in itself. And, uh, you know, we, we can talk about certain challenges as, you know, as we go through, but uh, again, uh, Despite the challenges, you feel that uh, that satisfaction at the end of the day, and I think that's the biggest thing that uh, proves for me that I'm happy with my decision and sure. going into primary care. Yeah, in the in the times I've spoken with you, you strike me as a very optimistic person, uh, which is amazing. Um, can you, you describe mm-hmm. a little bit what um, in a in a time where all we hear a lot about physician burnout in primary care is often in the top three or four specialties that uh, when you look at the list of high rates of burnout and um, it's hard to find that level of optimism you know what what seems to drive that for you do you think you know uh, just in general I think um, I or people tell me that I'm an optimistic person so I try to always you know keep a smile keep a positive attitude and try to see a light at the end of the tunnel I think in population health and just in general, you know, the way the healthcare system is, we do face many challenges uh, as physicians, as primary care doctors, even as specialists. And I think, you know, these uh, these challenges need to be addressed, but we also have to look within our individual practice. You know, how are we approaching uh, patient care? How are we uh, following through, you know, with uh, compliance, you know, uh, teamwork? All those things come into play. So a lot of times um, it's also about the quality and not the quantity, you know, improving patient outcomes, being able to close gaps in care, um, all those things, uh, again, you know, better communication with patients, uh, you know, being able to continue uh, having the communication between physician specialists uh, and the primary cares. I think that's also a big aspect in continuing to have a positive attitude because when you establish a practice and you have that flow, uh, you make sure you train your staff, your team members uh, in order to comply. You you follow through, you have, you know, uh, here and there uh, meetings in order to make sure loose ends are tied together, mm-hmm. uh, I have no doubt that any practice can be successful and at the end of the day really stay positive and say, you know what, um, I'm meeting uh, what I need to meet mm-hmm. within my practice. Um, uh, my patients uh, you know, are happy, they're coming out, they're being compliant, mm-hmm. they're following through, and also you know, financially um, meeting what I need to meet in order to survive as a solo practitioner, right. which is a big challenge. Right, big, big and, challenge. you know, meeting your overhead, making sure yeah. your staff gets paid, all these aspects. Yeah. It, one of the, uh, another thing that struck me when in our in a previous conversation, you, you gave a presentation to our docs not that long mm-hmm. ago. Yes. And you discussed spending time with your team and, and sort of training up, if you will, um, so, you know, making the time with some of your staff. And you mentioned it just yes. a second mm-hmm. ago as well to make sure that they're empowered to support you in the work and have a good patient experience and all of it. Um, Tell me, did you start off knowing that, gosh, training your staff from your medical assistant and everybody to, to be of, to have a game plan, if you will, was that always part of your practice? Is that, did that come from seeing, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe a less, less good example, less optimal example? You know, as they say, uh, you you live you learn right sure. so so everything is a learning practice uh, and i did go in you know with with a certain plan in the essence that uh, i have to make sure that 
we do have that uh, team communication. So even, you know, as a resident, uh, we always made sure that our patients, you know, you you relay the message from one team to the next mm-hmm. and make sure that continuity of sure, care the is there. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, just kind of taking basic things and actually implementing. So uh, in my opinion, you know, as physicians, we already know that that needs to be done. It's just a matter of actually implementing that and devising the team, having someone, whether it's not yourself, someone managing the office uh, and organizing that. And actually everyone, uh, you know, having set aside a time in order to meet, speak together, you know, talk and discuss, uh, okay, you know, are you having at the front desk, you know, are all patients, you know, following up. Are there any recalls that still need mm-hmm. to be made? You know, are patients not uh, complying? And you know, going uh, again, everybody within their own uh, specific specialty, whether it's the billing, uh, the financial. You know, are we getting claims? What are the issues? So again, you sit together. Everybody's a group, so everybody kind of knows uh, each and everybody's role. Right. Right. Uh, and you discuss and you kind of uh, come to terms and uh, see what needs to be done and devise a plan. And at the end of the week, you make sure that that plan actually gets executed. Right. Because if not, things yeah, will definitely fall back. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. Um, a lot of providers, um, not knowing any better, you know, I, I think are so stuck in the cause um, of the hamster wheel, if you will, of, mm-hmm. you know, seeing patients every day, seeing patients yes. every day. The thought sure. of taking what sounds like a fair amount of time to get the team together and come up with a, ca- a game plan for mm-hmm. the whole team seems uh, counterproductive, right? Because mm-hmm. it would say, well, sure. if I don't see patients, I'm not generating right. revenue. I don't have time to communicate or meet with my team. Mm-hmm. They just need to know what to do. Right. It seems like you've taken a very different philosophy. Tell me how you how you have found value in that. I mean, okay. you talked Absolutely. about it a little bit, but yes. it's clearly it's worth your time and it is. The potential loss in revenue, right? Uh, or the theoretical loss in revenue. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like what you're saying is, it, you you more than make up for it in efficiency. Is that, Absolutely. Is that, yeah. And, you know, I think it's not so much, you know, I think that's a misconception, loss in revenue. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. When you have a team structured that's working properly, you know, you meet every single point along the line, you're going to get a very fine line. Mm-hmm. But when you're missing these points and they're somewhere out there, you know, the line is going to start veering off. So, uh, again, it's for me, it has been about quality. Mm-hmm. And not so much focus on quantity. And what I have learned is that when you're actually seeing, you know, a a standard um, volume of patients on a daily basis, but you're actually meeting everything that you need to have met Mm -hmm. from uh, the billing perspective, Mm -hmm. you're actually having control over that and you're getting a very high reimbursement, Mm -hmm. you know, anywhere between 98 to 99 percent as our practice is, you're able to actually sustain Mm -hmm a practice financially and have enough time in order to make that happen. I think the biggest gap when I have also, you know, spoken to other physicians uh, and, you know, you see and, you know, also have uh, worked even during residency with that, it was uh, getting reimbursements and Mm -hmm. really seeing, you know, am I getting 50%? Am I getting 70, 75? Or is it 90? Am I 99th? And again, if you don't restructure, you're going to continue working, you're going to eventually burn out. So you have to think to yourself, is it worth to take out a moment of my time and really do a certain transformation of my practice, take the steps and implement these changes? Now, once you have that established, so like we, you know, we've been working on that from the very beginning and we've been making lots of effort. But at the end of the day, so we take about 15 minutes at the end of each week, we all get together 
And honestly, it doesn't take more than that. We make sure everything gets done. We go through any any problems. And when it's addressed on a weekly basis, that's all you really need. Yeah, it need. doesn't stack up. No, anymore. no. Yeah. It, and that's it wonderful. really, uh, you know, and it, at the end of the day, again, it, patients are very happy mm-hmm. because when they're coming in, I'm able to spend more time. So instead of seeing, um, you know, spending, I don't know, five minutes per patient, uh, I can devote 20, 25 minutes to each patient, you know, really listen to them. Yeah. And I do see them from the very beginning, greeting them at yeah. the front desk uh, to taking their vitals, uh, speaking with them and walking them out. So a lot of times you'll see patients mm-hmm. just... Uh, yeah have that opportunity to address uh, anything they're coming in with one problem and yeah, sure. sometimes they leave we have you know a whole, yeah, list, a whole list and sure, of course. you know and yes but so they're spending all that quality time with you which is exactly. great exactly um you you have mentioned and, and i know in a previous conversation you also mentioned that you worked hard and have taken you know personal responsibility on the finances of the practice and mm-hmm. because i think that's a lot of us you know went through residency have no sure. idea uh, to your point, you go into business not knowing that it's actually a business. You know, Absolutely. we're all just trying to do a good thing, Indeed. and uh, sometimes that doesn't always work out right? financially. <laughs> so th- there is an element of trying to run the business. Right. Tell me ab- about how, what changes you made in response to that, in terms of you, uh, in terms of maximizing enough revenue to be able to provide that sort of quality, right? And I, I want to preface for those that are listening that that um, maybe aren't quite uh, as understanding of, of what I'm asking, uh, if one is inefficient in capturing the charges or billing, you have to see so many more patients to make up for the lack of efficiency, and it reduces the patient experience. And what I'm hearing you say very clearly is because you took control of getting reimbursed appropriately for the services you're providing, it makes you so much more efficient that you don't have to overcome inefficiency by a bunch of volume. Is that right? Yes. Um, So so what I'm asking is, um, tell us about what you did to take that on and, and mm-hmm. um, how you approach it. Sure. So, uh, you know, I've been through at least five different billing companies. And uh, <laughs> indeed. And that was probably over the course of maybe seven months. So, oh, my gosh. Um, it, it was just, you know, mere tragedy. Um, so, well, maybe I exaggerate. I'm sorry. Seven months, we had uh, two first. Then the third one came in. <laughs> so so, so then way. the other two, maybe, maybe of course, a, a little over a year. So it was a little okay. bit. Yeah. But, you know, in essence, I saw one, I wasn't getting the payments. The checks weren't coming in and uh, a lot of denials, rejections. And the other aspect, when I was using outside billing, I didn't have much control over mm-hmm. this. I requested aging reports. I requested mm-hmm. what was going on and I didn't get much feedback of what I can improve on myself and my staff and what we were doing in order to fix these problems mm-hmm. so I said okay enough is enough <laughs> things you know it's time to take a charge take things in my hands um, so basically again it came down to self-learning you know educating myself on the different ICD CPT uh, modifiers everything that you know we really need to meet and uh, again um, as a primary care physician or any physician, you really need to dive into your specific field in order to learn these things. As you know, there's a certain matter of repetition. So once you learn these things, uh, you have to just stay on top, continue learning and see any changes that are made. But that has, in essence, made a huge difference because knowing what I'm billing, mm-hmm. I'm actually, you know, being able to bill and uh, for the time that I'm putting in with the patients mm-hmm. using the proper modifiers my denials, rejections stopped. 
So I saw any mistakes that I was making. Mm-hmm. I called up the insurance company or had someone aid mm-hmm. me in that. And again, fixing these problems on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. And soon enough, uh, the slate was clean. We, yeah. we started getting you know very high reimbursement and took some time. It, it took a lot of patience. And I said, oh my God, you know, am I going to be able to survive at one point? Right. Am I going to be able to you know keep doing this? Yeah. I had a small patient volume. So that was another thing. I didn't have enough. So yeah. I it somehow everything has to you yeah. know come together uh, but in essence it did you know we we, we stuck it out uh, we we yeah. stayed positive and um, here we are today yeah no it's just <laughs> kind of amazing I, I think if you don't as residents or students or if even if you're just a, a consumer not in medicine I, I think it's often true that um, physicians at some point expect inefficiency to they expect sure. that they're just not going to get reimbursed right. even though they're entitled of course. like anyone and would it happens, be yes. you almost expect that it's going to be so bad you don't even worry about it but then again it creates that scenario where you just have to right. see so many more to make up for that exactly. efficiency and it sounds like you've taken a different approach and it's paid off for patients too absolutely yeah. yes so um in the last few minutes i'm thinking about you know what we do in population mm-hmm. health so yes. you we've discussed all the stressors of trying to run a business mm-hmm. and grow a practice and see patients and provide high quality service and a good patient experience that's that's your everyday right and then you got suits mm-hmm. like me coming in and saying well you know the world is now changing again sure and the purchasers of insurance whether it's health insurance companies or employers are now looking uh, for greater value and so we have to demonstrate that we can manage patients differently, mm-hmm, which sure. usually means very strong primary care um, and quality measures Absolutely. and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes then, it, again, because of the same, everyone's just trying to get through the day, we're seen as a distraction. Um, and I, and again, going back to your optimism, it, it feels like in our interactions, mm-hmm. you've been very positive about the concept of population health and demonstrating the value of primary care and prevention, yes. keeping folks out of the hospital. Um, how have how do you see it? Like, how do you balance uh, the concept of is it an intrusion in what I you mm-hmm. know am I supposed to do versus this is at the the core of when I when I do the, both things might be true. How do sure. you balance that? You know, it's, I guess, a little bit of both because, you know, you have to think about the things you need to meet. So, you know, additional clicks here and there, you have to, you know, it's not that we don't meet these requirements on every day to day basis with our patients because we ask them, you know, all the necessary things. We go through all of this, but it's actually uh, finding the time uh, and devising a system to document these things so that, uh, you know, insurances uh, can see that and it can reflect also, you know, the statistical aspects that they're collecting in order to uh, see what we're getting, you know, what are the results and the outcomes. Again, um, going back, I think the whole system itself, you know, within the transformation, again, I'm going to emphasize quality and not quantity, Mm -hmm. transformation, improving patient outcomes, um, closing gaps in patient care. And I think this is where the CIN comes in. Uh, Having these resources, a lot of times, you know, we may say, oh, you know, it's an, an additional thing we may need to do. But when you take out a moment and you see where those gaps are, you address them. It's very simple. And we need to, as physicians, also learn how to utilize utilize the resources that we have such as our EMR system mm-hmm. which can actually simplify our yeah, life it so it can you know bring out the things that we really need to focus on mm-hmm. um, again you know when we look at all that in perspective I think we have to also think about the fact that it decreases our malpractice risk 
Mm-hmm. It increases patient patient satisfaction across the board. Uh, so again, you know, you have greater patient retention, compliance, follow-up improves. So in essence, when you have that improvement, healthcare costs decrease, mm-hmm. which is a big issue nowadays that we're facing, patients are facing, you know. So all these things come into play. And I think it, there's definitely a, a simpler and different approach that we can see. We don't have to see everything as, you know, as uh, additional work. We just have to transform that and make that really possible yeah. uh, by certain changes uh, just you know a little bit of that time yeah it sounds like you you've done a lot with your electronic medical record system to support you sure um does your support team also contribute to let's say closing gap or other population health things do they help you in some of that work as well you know it's um, i would say everything comes as a team effort uh, but majority think it still stays with the physician so yeah. myself i i focus mainly on that yeah mm-hmm. no yeah. that sounds reasonable um if you thinking about sort of highs and lows in your journey in medicine thus far um sure. t- tell me the, the in the, where you are today the things that you in, enjoy the most and where you hope things go on the positive side. I mean, we'll try to deal with the, the <laughs> things you hope will dramatically change, but where do you, th- what do you enjoy and where do you think it'll go next? You know, um, I enjoy coming into work every day. I always say if, you know, if I'm ever going to wake up unhappy, it's, it's just, it's not that. Yeah. So making sure that I love what I do and, you know, when I'm with my patients, I think, uh, you know, I'm myself that, that that's where I'm, the best comes out yeah, of me um, and again you know I, I think you know seeing how um, everything is running within the practice I'm staying very optimistic that I'm going to be able to continue mm-hmm. in providing the time for my patients uh, being able to provide the care you know having that attention to them and I think uh, I also see CIN as playing a role in that in helping uh, especially you know uh, providing us with these uh, opportunities as well as providing better rates uh, that is essential for uh, any small group practice any solo practitioner in order to survive nowadays yeah well maybe we'll leave it there i appreciate your time sure. and your energy thank you <laughs> likewise <laughs> good work um, and thank you all for listening if you have ideas or suggestions for future podcasts please email me at robert.fields at mountsinai.org thanks for listening mm-hmm.